Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today's guest is Tiffany Boone, who you probably know best for playing Roxy Jones on the Amazon series Hunters. You know, the one that also stars Al Pacino. In 2020, she starred in the George Clooney film The Midnight Sky on Netflix, and she played a younger version of Kerry Washington's character on the Hulu series Little Fires Everywhere. I should note that this interview was recorded in October while Tiffany was filming the Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy series Nine Perfect Strangers. So first thing, Tiffany, wow, you have like so many things that came out this year, so many projects that have already come out and that are going to come out. To say you're a busy person maybe is an understatement, but I'm wondering with all the things going on in the world with the pandemic and all your projects coming out, how have you found that balance between promoting them, working on other things, but also being safe and uh, secure with your, your, yourself or your family? I was in the house for months like everyone else. Um, for the first time in a while, um, in a few years. Uh, and so I had had a couple things that came out at that point when, when we went into lockdown in LA and it was pretty easy to do press from home, very different, but easy. And, uh, so that was fine. And I was able to spend a lot of time with my husband and my dog and catch up with friends. Uh, so it was very chill. And so by the time I got this new project, Nine Perfect Strangers, it was going to Australia. I was actually like super ready to go back to work. And we've been very safe on set where we are. There are no COVID cases, luckily. So now it's just the normal balance of work and family. And now that I'm doing publicity for all, all these other things. The real issue was the time difference, you know, Australia to the UK or New York or LA. It just means some early mornings. That's all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, and, and uh, I'm wondering just a little bit about Nine Perfect Strangers because it's, it's based off the book that's also from the author of Big Little Lies. Uh, it's also a David E. Kelly project. I'm wondering how much can you tell us about who you're playing or, or I don't know how much I can tell because I don't want to give too much away, but I'm playing <laughs> a character named Delilah and she works at this wellness retreat, a 10 day wellness retreat where these nine perfect strangers come to uh, kind of, I guess, fix their lives or have a, a 10 day relaxation or what they think is going to be a relaxing 10 days. And um, Nicole Kidman's character, Masha, is the the head of this wellness retreat and um, as you can imagine when you get nine people into a space and kind of push them to their limits drama ensues so it's it's <laughs> funny it's like a, it's some dark comedy it's some really deep emotional moments and so far it's been such a wild ride it's such an incredible cast and people that I've admired for a long time um so being able to work with these people every day and kind of get a free acting class and become friends with people that I, I've looked up to for years it, it's been a real gift but a particular person in particular that I'm a huge fan of is Melissa McCarthy and I'm wondering what's it like working with her Oh, I'm such a fan of hers too. I I think she's just incredible. She is the sweetest, 
most down-to-earth person considering how huge of a star she is you know she's just she's as funny as you would think she is she's as warm as you would think she is um she's also a producer on this and Mm. uh, so she's you know when it's business time she is ready to go and very um focused but she also knows how to just have a good time with everyone and just watching her improv and watching her process she's also such a great dramatic actress and there's moments in this where she's just broken my heart time and time again watching her act. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with her. So I feel super lucky to be working with her. Okay, so I think that's a really great tease for what you're working on. And that won't come out, uh, that tw- I'm guessing, 2021 probably, right? Yeah, I think so. 2021. We'll be filming to the end of this year. So, yeah. Wow. I mean, what's it like, though, going from L.A. to Australia during a pandemic to be on the set of what sounds just like an amazing limited series? It was kind of crazy because I actually didn't get confirmation that I was going to be doing this until two days before we got on a plane to come to Australia. So when this opportunity presented itself, It was a real surprise, and I had two days to pack up my life and find out where my dog was going to (laughs) go and uh, get myself on board. Um, And we had to quarantine in Sydney for two weeks um, in a hotel room, um, which is quite an experience. Uh, So it was kind of like a real shock to the system coming from L.A. into quarantine in a hotel to an area in Australia that hasn't had any active COVID cases in months. Life is pretty normal here. It's very, like everything's pretty much open. There are obviously still restrictions, but um, everything's open and uh, it's like a small little beach town. So it's very laid back, very sweet town. And then going to work has just been at first, it took some time getting used to, you know, wearing masks, everyone's wearing masks and having to distance and getting three COVID tests a week. But I'm used to it now. I'm used to the COVID tests now. <laughs> I'm happy to take all those precautions because we're making sure everyone is safe. And now it's kind of just, it's the new normal. It's what all of us are going to have to get used to. And um, I'm glad that, like, the industry is doing it the right way, I think. I want to talk to you about another project you're working on or you worked on that's coming out soon and that's the film the midnight sky now i don't know much about this except that it's directed and stars george clooney so what can you tell me about that and who do you play yeah so the midnight sky is about this scientist um who is left uh on this this camp um after there's this kind of mysterious uh catastrophic thing that happens on earth it's very mysterious you don't really know what happened but you know something terrible has happened on earth and and the world will never be the same and he's left by himself but he's trying to get communication with this spaceship ether uh that has been gone for two years went to find a a place that humans could live uh, another habitable planet because we were destroying Earth. Uh, And so I'm one of the astronauts on Ether. Her name is Maya. She's the youngest astronaut uh, on on the crew. It's her first 
ride and so everything is super exciting for her but she's also missing her family and she's kind of the most eager because the rest of them have done it a million times and they're kind of used to this and she's kind of um freaking out at moments I'd say but also <laughs> really willing to step in and do whatever she she can so yeah it takes place in these two different places and and trying to find connection between spaceship and earth and trying to get back home um I think it's kind of an important story to be telling right now because I think we need to start paying attention to how well obviously we need to pay attention to how we're treating the earth before we find ourselves in that exact situation. I want to hit that a little bit in the second here, but I want to go back to the George Clooney part, especially what is it like working with an actor who is also directing a film? So because George actually shot the stuff he's really acting in before I ever got there, it wasn't, by the time I got to work with him, he only had his director's hat on. Obviously, it's great to work with an actor who's a director because they speak the same language and they understand where you're coming from. It can be really collaborative and easy. He's the most laid back um, director I've ever, ever worked with. <laughs> and because he's done so many space movies, he knew exactly what to do. He knew how painful <laughs> the spacesuits were. He knew, you know, how how hard it is to move slowly and um, pretend there's no gravity while you're still speaking at a normal pace. Um, yeah, he just has so many secrets that he could um, share with us to make it a little easier. So it was really fun. And that's I'm just smiling. That sounds like a, it would be a delightful time. And then obviously he's known for uh, being a bit of an activist himself. And you mentioned climate change earlier. I'm wondering. Uh, working on like a project like that, does that just em embolden some of that within you or does that make you want to do more to, to get the word out about this stuff, even though a lot of that word should already be out there? Yes, it does kind of set a fire under me. Um, it's obviously something I've already cared about. Um, it's not, it's nothing new, but as many ways as we can use to tell people, hey, wake up, let's let's get this together. I think the better. So if we can use it through social media and we can do protests, if we can do create art around this, however we can reach people to let them to kind of wake them up. And, and so we can all start working on this and, and stop making it such a political thing and just realize it's a human issue. I think if people can see themselves in the art, it's a really, really great way to, to, to reach people. So yeah, I hope it gets I hope it gets to people and I'll continue to talk about, you know, my point of view on it and continue to try to do my part in the world. Just, you know, simple stuff, recycling, you know, carpooling, all of that kind of stuff that you can do. This is kind of a weird question, but so you, you've worked on projects on Amazon, The Hunters, uh, Hulu with uh, Little Fires Everywhere, and uh, The Midnight Sky, that's going to be on Netflix. Could you have imagined when you were younger that if someone's like, yeah, you're going <laughs> to be in all these amazing things, but they're going to be on this thing called Amazon, or they're going to be <laughs> on this thing called Hulu. Like, what does that like for you as an actor? And do you think it's any different for if um, you were starting out even a few years later than you did? think about this a lot um but specifically like the streaming services have changed everything you know when I started there was just a lot less opportunity because there were you know there's network and there's cable and that's kind of what it is and then there's film but 
the two didn't mix and you know it was just a whole different world and a lot more pressure you know pretty much all of the other black actresses that I knew at my in my age range we were all going out for the exact same thing and you knew exactly who booked what and you know some people had their cattiness with each other because of it and all of that and now because there's so many different streaming platforms there's so many opportunities for people to tell stories and all of us have you know places to shine and opportunities to do what we do in different ways and um I'm so glad that this has happened and I'm so glad that I'm actually like I've been able to do things with pretty much all of the streamers at this point each of them have been a different experience and I love each of them in a different way I just feel super lucky. I think we're all really grateful as as actors and producers and directors and writers to have all of these opportunities to share our art. You you have a lot of popular things, but especially uh, the series Little Fires Everywhere that was on Hulu earlier this year. Um, We got to talk with um, Ana Sophia Robb not too long ago about it. Um, I'd love to hear your experience. What was it like working on that show, especially with Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon? And what was that all like? It was really a magical experience. I've been a fan of both of theirs for so long, Carrie and Reese. And I didn't actually realize how like big of a deal the episode would be when I did a tape for it. I was shooting hunters, you know, when I'm shooting things, my brain is like super focused on what I'm I'm shooting and so I'm like, I'm giving myself an hour to do this self-tape. That's all you got. So here we go. So I didn't really realize how how important that episode would be and how much I think they wanted us to really get the essence of Carrie and Reese. Uh, And so when uh, I started, I came back to LA and got to come to set and meet the producers and start to watch Carrie, I realized, oh, this is a big deal what we have to do and I think I got it because I watched my first day on set I watched Anna Sophia do one of her first scenes and I went oh oh my goodness she she's acting just like Reese what wait a second oh gosh do I have to do that oh oh no oh no oh no and I started to freak out a little um but she made me kind of like get a fire under myself and rise to the occasion. And, um, but working with Reese and Carrie is, it was such a gift and they were both so giving and generous and available to us to create these characters with them. And um, it, yeah, it was one of the best experiences of my acting career. Well, it's, it certainly sounds like it. And for those who haven't seen the show, eight, it, well, the series, it's just watch it. It's so just juicy and great. And for those who don't know, you actually play um, uh, a younger version of Kerry Washington's character, hence yeah. that connection there. Yeah. Um, also, the project was largely produced, if not entirely produced, by women. Is that right? Yes. Uh, both of their production companies, Carrie's and Reese, just full of women um, and and wonderful, amazingly talented women. I a really diverse group of women. Are the writers, the directors, there's a, there was a couple of men that were d- directed episodes, but for the most part, it was largely a group of female creators. I, I had never really seen something like that, such a diverse group uh, of women who really worked with integrity, who were so dedicated to the work and so supportive of each artist on the set making it happen. I think it's such an incredible example 
of how uh, beautifully uh, a set can be run, how beautifully a show can be done when women are empowered to do their best work and they work together with love and real joy for the work. It's, it was very inspiring. Well, and uh, speaking of inspiring, you had a moment a couple of years ago, it's a little controversial, but it's not really, if you think about it, um, that inspired a lot of people, which was in 2018, you left the show, The Chai, after uh, you abuse, you claim that you suffered from a fellow actor on the show. And months later, you wrote um, a really elegant, very raw letter on Instagram just to people who follow you. And in that, um, you said, the weight of what I was leaving behind felt like a ton, but the weight of my responsibility to speak up was even heavier. Now, with all the time that has passed, how do you view that decision to leave now? What would you tell other actors or artists who find themselves in a similar experience as you were? Um, Looking back on it now, I couldn't be happier about my decision to leave the show um it was a scary time as I wrote in that letter because it wasn't just about me I know people make this story about you know oh I left because I said I was being abused by a fellow actor or whatever that's not that's not necessarily true that's not the full story it's more complicated than that and uh at the root of it is that uh, that was not a healthy environment for me to be in and it wasn't a place that I felt honored who I am as a person. It didn't, the people who were working on it didn't stand for what I, I I stand for. People were not being protected across the board and people were not being listened to. And I felt like it was my um, duty, I guess, to, you know, walk what I talk. I talk all the time about Black women being empowered. I talk all the time about using your voice and standing up for yourself. And it was a moment when I could do that for myself and other people on the show. And so I'm I'm happy I did that. I I've been able to really do some amazing things since then that really fulfill me more as a person, as an artist, and that I feel like I'm like I'm being respected and everyone on the set is being respected. From that experience, I just continue to tell people that I talk to that you don't have to stay in any situation that doesn't serve you, whether it be a work uh, situation or a a relationship, romantic or friendship or anything. You don't owe anyone anything. You owe yourself peace. And I I hope that for me sharing my story, that people have uh, seen that it's possible to leave something that doesn't, doesn't honor you and be able to have opportunities that are so much more aligned with who you are. I'm like literally have goosebumps right now. So it's so touching. And I, I really do hope that people look up to it because a lot of times, especially when you're younger, you don't think that you have a choice. And it, I think what you showed was that you do. And whether or not people get the story exactly right, I think the fact that you have moved on to such better work environments is a testament to that. Switching gears completely, the name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. And Tiffany, I want to know, what are you currently obsessed with? Yeah, so this is very strange, and I feel like it's kind of shallow. However, (laughs) I I am currently obsessed with malls. Now, I was on, I was in lockdown in LA for months. I, I was very serious about my lockdown. Like, we got everything delivered. Even when stuff started to open up, I did not leave the house. I didn't, you know, and I'm a shopper. I'm a person who likes to shop. (laughs) I don't necessarily love malls normally, 
But not having been in a mall for a good eight months or something, I don't know how long it's been now, probably eight months, I am missing that feeling of being in a big mall, walking into stores, not buying anything, you know, window shopping, going to the food court, you know, like I'm, I'm really missing it. And I've been trying, you know, the borders are still kind of closed here in Australia because they've done a really good job of protecting themselves and, and shutting down different states. Um, but the border's kind of been closed. I'm like an hour and a half away from what is apparently a wonderful mall. And I'm trying to figure out how I can get to this mall. <laughs> I've been trying to figure it out for weeks, for weeks. And I haven't been able to yet. But uh, yeah, I like I have daydreams and dreams at night of just walking around a mall with like Auntie Hen's pretzel and lemonade <laughs> and just walking around with bags full of clothes. It, it seems, I mean, it, I'm laughing because part of it is like, yeah, I think there's a, there's just that common freeness when you're in a mall and enjoyment, right? But there's also like the fact that you're like plotting like it's a military operation to get to the mall. It's kind of funny too. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, I cannot leave without, we have to talk about, uh, the Hunters on Amazon. You play the Nazi Hunter, which is always fun to say. Roxy Jones, what was your reaction the first time you read the script? My reaction was, what in the world is this? Like, I've never read anything like this. I don't know how they're going to accomplish this because it just felt like a huge studio film in every episode. That's what it felt like to me. Um, <laughs> And I felt like it was something really important considering the times we're living in. I mean, the rise uh, or the reemergence or or us paying attention to uh, the prevalence of white supremacy and neo-Nazis and just the scary times we're living in, um, history repeating itself. I thought it was really important that a story like that be told. So I was excited to be a part of it. And I was, I'm curious, how, would you how do you describe Roxy? Yeah, I describe Roxy as a badass, uh, <laughs> an activist, uh, a mother, and uh, yeah, just an all-around cool woman. I think what's great about Roxy through this season, you were able to see her. Um, she has this like very tough exterior that's kind of hard to break through, but you see her open herself up and become more vulnerable, which I think is beautiful. And I think sometimes as women, we, sh we shy away from that because we want to have this, especially as, as black women, there's this image of us being so strong and being able to do everything and, you know, holding up our community. And I think it's beautiful to see both sides of that, to see the, the, the toughness and the softness because that makes us who we are. So yeah, that's who Roxy is to me, a badass with a big heart. A badass with a big heart. I, I would get that T-shirt. Um, now, what's also, I mean, uh, I'm going to get to these two names, but the first one I want to talk about is what is it like working on a series produced by Jordan Peele? Um, it's amazing. I mean, I that was part of why I wanted to work on it, because I do think anything that he kind of uh, has his hand in is going to be great. I mean, I don't say that about a lot of people, but I just think he has a great, he has such an uh, amazing, like, I for projects, even the ones that he's not, you know, writing or whatever. He's just 
he 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 picks interesting things. He chooses interesting things, and he's going to make sure that it's up to the caliber of work he would create himself as a writer and director. And so it was just a gift to be working with Monkey Paw and um, everyone over at Monkey Paw was so great and supportive. Um, I'm such a fan of his, so it was it was a real gift to me. All right, then we have to talk about Al Pacino, and I think there's two parts here. When did you find out that he was going to be uh, in the show. And then what does he like to work with? I mean, I, I just, I would be so intimidated by just knowing all the amazing films he's made. I'm not easily starstruck. I, and I like to act pretty professional, you know, around people. <laughs> um, I, I don't like to go too crazy. Um, and so I think all of us that first day we were on set with Al, you just want to be respectful from him for towards him. You know, he's he's been in this business so long. He's a veteran, so you're. You, I don't want to say walking on eggshells, egg but you do. There's just like a reverence there, and so you're just. I I just wanted him to just feel like we're not doing too much, pretty much. So <laughs> the sweet thing is. You know, I I always, I kind of go into anything just assuming people might be divas, just in case, just so my heart, (laughs) just in case they, they decide they are like that. I can just be like, you know what? Fine. I didn't have that high expectations anyway. And if he had been a diva, you know what? He's been doing it long enough. He deserves, but he's the sweetest man. Hugs and kisses all the time. Just really serious about the work you know, really just a team player. I just love him so much. It's like, he's so sweet. I don't know. It just, it was surprising to me how sweet and gentle he is. And um, obviously it's like, again, getting a free acting lesson every day, just watching it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And just the way he, he just, I mean, he's, he's allowed to do this in a way that some of us aren't, but it is good to see when actors um, my actors I admire can come and be like, you know, this doesn't work. How do we how do we make this work? And not being slaves to the process, really uh, taking ownership over everything. And it's it was great to see him do that and and put it into my own work. And I think since I've been able to speak up for myself more on set and say what works for me, what doesn't work for me, how can we rework this? Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Wow. And it's incredible. You said a couple of times how much you learned from these people you're working with. And yet I, I think a lot of people would, the amount of stuff you're doing and the fact that you're like eye to eye with these people on camera, um, all of the people you've mentioned, it's just, it's very impressive. So something, there's part of you that deserves to be there too. And I'm not saying they're not feeling that way, but it's also like, I could only imagine like the amount of just talent and, um, I don't want to say like, I'm trying to get the polite way to say this, just talent and just confidence that you have must have to just to be on a set like that or to be working with like Nicole Kidman or Melissa McCarthy, you know? You know, I, I think once I start, once we start saying the words, once we start, the moment I'm in character, like I don't, I don't have any fear of being in a scene with people. I don't have, I drop all of that. Uh, and, and the more I do it, the more that is true. I don't know about confidence uh, I don't know about that but <laughs> I, try. I try hopefully if you were to ask them they'd be like yeah she's a very confident and confident actress um inside sometimes even when I'm not working with these big actors I I really am I always want 
the work to be deep and connected and honest and grounded. And so whether it's Nicole or some actor no one's ever heard of before, I want them to feel like they're in a scene with someone who's committed to the work and they're with them and doesn't even care what their name is or what they've done before and vice versa. Really. I just want to work like work with, with actors who care about the work. And yes, I've been lucky enough that a lot of them have done amazing work that I've been a fan of, but that at the end of the day, like that doesn't even really, really matter. Uh, what matters sure. is that you're working with an actor who is present with you, listening, respecting everyone on set and um, willing to do what it takes to make a great scene. And then um, I've been able to do that with a lot of actors. So I'm, I'm happy to say that. Um, I want to wrap things up with a, a little thing we do on the show called pick one. I give you a couple of choices and you pick one. It doesn't mean the choice that you pick is the better one. The first one is Baltimore or New York. Oh God, I'm going to get killed for this. New York. <laughs> um, Baltimore, you know, I was born and raised there, but I, I love New York. Everyone who knows me from my family knows I would never move back to Baltimore. <laughs> I can only visit for like short amount of time. <laughs> So, I mean, I love that I'm from there, beautiful city, but New York, I mean, it just has so much going for it. Next one is film or TV? Uh, TV. Well, I guess because I've done more TV, and uh, but also because I'm a person who watches a lot of TV, and I fell in love with acting from watching a lot of television. But obviously, I love them both, and I'll take any jobs anyone wants to give me on either one. <laughs> Is there a particular shows in particular that you're like, oh, that's the one I'd want to be on, or that's who I'd you know want to play? Yeah, um, a different world, a different world. <gasps> my favorite show growing up, and I wanted to be Whitley Gilbert. I wanted to be Jasmine. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I'm still obsessed. I'll still watch that like any any time. I'll turn it on right now. Once we're done, like I'm. A, I love that show. It's magic. Um, okay, the last um, the last one. This is going to be a hard one. I'll admit, Billy D. Williams in Star Wars or Billy D. Williams in Lady Sings the Blues? Well, I'm going to be honest about something. Maybe this will ruin my chances of ever being in a Star Wars movie, but it is what it is. I've never seen a Star Wars movie. So there's that. Not that I'm sure they're not great. I'm just saying I've never gotten around to it. But <laughs> in Lady Sings the Blues, oh, it's just Billy D. Williams is the coolest most handsome guy that everyone wants to fall in love with. And he, the love story that's in that movie, you just root for them. And I don't know. It's just, that's why Bill, like Lady Sings the Blues is why I named my dog, Billy D Williams, because when we saw, oh, our, I didn't know that. Yeah. At, when we saw him at the shelter, he had this really, really long hair up in a ponytail and he was, the most chill dog at the time. And he seemed like, you know, he was like, hey, how you doing? And then like would walk away from us. And we're like, he's so smooth. He has perfect hair, just like Billy D. Williams did in uh, Lady Sings the Blues. And so we were like, I think that's his name. That's amazing. And there's no shame in not having watched Star Wars. That said, I'll say Billy D. Williams, it seems like they've cashed in on his, his smoothness and coolness from 
like Lady Sings of Blues and other films and some commercial work he did for his character in, in Empire Strikes Back. And that's why he's amazing in Star Wars. But, uh, well, I just want to say it's been an absolute joy talking with you, Tiffany. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. I want to thank Tiffany for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. You can watch The Midnight Sky on Netflix, and if you want to hear more about the film, listen to our interview with actor David Oyelowo, who is also in it. Also, please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app, and if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.